Hello, and welcome to the Tap Market Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Scarborough. I'm an entrepreneur who has started, acquired, and more importantly, is focused on growing companies. In this podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs about how they got their start, what their company is about, what has worked for them to get to this point, and how they plan to build their brands. Expect to find actionable tactics that you can use to grow your business and get motivated to get through the grind into a meaningful entrepreneurial outcome that will change your life. I'm thrilled to have you here. Be sure to follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Tap Market, and let me know if you've been listening to the podcast. I love connecting and hearing from you. All right, let's get to it. Hey guys, Troy here from Tap Market, coming at you today with a little bit of a different intro. We had a mic error while recording the Scorch Marker with Evan interview and needed to do a little preface here. When my mic is on during this interview, there will be a little bit of reverb. Now, we couldn't reshoot this interview, and we wanted to still be able to get the exposure for Evan and for Scorch Marker that we think is important. And we'll have Evan back on. He's crushing it. He's launching more products. He's doing more work. But I wanted to give everybody that heads up as you go in to listen to this episode. Evan does the majority of the talking anyways. I'm going to re-record a couple spots that were longer pieces from me, and we'll make it work. Today, we've got Evan on from Scorch Marker. Evan, so glad to have you, bud. Introduce the company, though. Tell us who you are, what you're working on. Cool. I'd be happy to. I appreciate you having me, Troy, and thanks for the intro. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Evan. I've been an entrepreneur hmm, whole life, more or less. It all started with mowing lawns and selling CDs. And eventually, you know, when you try all these different entrepreneurial ventures and all these different things, something's going to stick. Hopefully something sticks. The first thing that stuck for us was a wood-burning marker. And that's the company that we're building now. It's called Scorch Marker. And you draw on wood with it, you apply some heat, and the wood burns where you drew. It's just a cool new crafting tool. What's more interesting than the technology, though, is kind of how it started. I spent 10 years as a firefighter and a paramedic in Southern California. And in order to get that job, I had to do a lot of different stuff. It took me like five years. I had to go to paramedic school. I had to drive all around the country, take tests and interviews. And I have done more interviews than most people that I know. I've been rejected more than most people that I know. So when I finally got this job as a firefighter, it was like a really big deal. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a firefighter paramedic for a professional department. I was like, this is, this is it, dude. Like, this is where it's at. You can retire here. So we had put you through this like ass kicking academy. And I went through it with about 30 other guys getting up at three in the morning, getting home at seven at night, just grueling, dude. I've never been pushed to my limits like that before. So when you finish this 18 week academy and you graduate with all these guys, it's like, it's where you learn discipline. It's where you learn your limits. It's where you learn hard work. It's where you learn not to quit. I did it all with these guys as a unit, as a crew, as a team, my brothers. And so we wanted to commemorate that. It was like an important thing. You know, everybody commemorates their boot camp. Everybody commemorates their fire academy. And so I had a wood shop at the time and the guys were like, all right, dude, you're making the plaque. I was like, okay, all right, fine. I would love to. We were tower eight. So I made this big, beautiful walnut eight. It looked so good. I got all of our names engraved on plexiglass. And, you know, I had like leather badges and like, patches and stuff. It looks so good. And the only thing left to do was to wood burn our motto into that big piece of walnut. 
And so I have one of those soldering irons that kind of looks like a pen. And I plug into the wall and the tip got really hot and I picked it up and I'm like, all right, cool. I got this. You know, I had sketched everything out with pencil. I was like, I got this. I'm about to make this look sick. I fucked up the whole thing, dude. I made it look awful. It was like my two-year-old had gone to town on it. The tip of the soldering iron kept digging into the wood grain and it had like uneven lines because it was like rolling. It was moving on wood. Dude, it was not easy. It was challenging. And so the problem was, is I didn't have 250 bucks for a brand new tool. I was a broke fireman. You know, there's no way I was going to spend that. I didn't have 10,000 hours to practice and I couldn't use stencils. It would burn everything. And so I was like, what am I going to do? I have to do this in like a couple of weeks. It's got to be done. It's got to be presented at graduation. I can't let my guys down. Like this was the plan. I made space for it. Like what the fuck? So my wife and I started trying to find a solution. Did a bunch of Googling, did a bunch of YouTube videos. We ran down to a bunch of different veterinary clinics. I know it sounds strange, but they had the chemicals that we needed. Our original chemical was given to horses for kidney stones. It's a story for another day. But long story short, we got all these chemicals. We mixed up this solution. We painted it onto the wood. We applied some heat and boom, it worked, right? We had the first version of our product. We finished the project. It was the very first scorch marker project ever. It still hangs in headquarters. The plaque looks amazing. And then a month or two went by and nothing happened. We didn't do anything. Then I had a conversation with a guy in the fire station who had another Amazon business and it inspired the hell out of me. You know, and I saw I go home and I'm like, hey, wife, do you think anyone would even buy this stuff if we put it into a marker? Like, uh, she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe. And I was like, let me use the 500 bucks that we have saved up. It's just 500 bucks. I'm going to buy some empty markers on Amazon and I'm going to see if somebody would like this. So I did. I, I bought a bunch of random markers and eventually I found the marker that I liked and I traced the manufacturer back to China and I bought empty units. I bought 500 empty markers had them shipped over. I printed out my own labels on sticky paper and I created my very first Amazon listing and I didn't sell a single marker. It took six months. I sold one. This took three months. I sold another one. And I was like, okay, okay. All right. Yeah, this is fine. This is fine. No big deal. I'm doing my life. I'm living life. And then, you know, all of a sudden we sold another and I'm like, you know what? My attention keeps getting pulled back to this. Let me see what would happen if I gave it my full energy? And so I started building this brand with my wife while working at the fire department and it allowed us to leave the, leave the fire department completely in Christmas of 2020. And I'm running it full time now as the CEO. It's been a wonderful journey so far. So Evan, you've been at this now for five years from 2018 until now. Mm -hmm. What were you doing over those five years that created enough momentum for you to go at it full time? The short answer to your question is I was learning. Most important thing as an entrepreneur. And I will answer the rest of your question for sure. Give you an insight as to like where the business was. But I want to touch on something really quick because there was this fork in the road that not everyone's aware of. And I didn't become aware of it until after the fact. But there's two paths that you can go down as an earner, someone who wants to make a living. The first path at the fork of the road, you can take the right path and that's the employee path. And you can work for somebody, which means that you need to go to school, you need to get educated, you need certifications, you need expertise, you need to understand your 401k, you need to understand your retirement plan, how health benefits work, health insurance, all these things so that you can be the best employee that you can be. You need to be able to show up on time, communicate effectively, work for somebody. And a lot of people are happy there. And a lot of people want to be there. I know most people do. Not for me, 
But that was the right path, right? That was one of the paths. And that was the path that was shoved down my throat my entire life. The path that I was more interested in that I didn't know about was the entrepreneurial path. And I promise there's a point to this. To the left path. You know, if you're going down this pathway, you need to understand how to learn, how to teach yourself, how to put yourself first, how to invest in yourself, how to learn new skills, how to improve your character traits, right? How to change your beliefs. You need to understand how to put money away for yourself and be financially secure enough to be able to live that lifestyle. It's a completely different set of skills. Employee versus entrepreneur. So I was an employee becoming an entrepreneur. And I needed to know how to make that jump in between. And it was challenging. And we've talked about this before, but in order to replace your income at your nine to five, you know, certain criteria have to be met. So for us, that criteria was monthly cash flow, pension, and benefits. Those three things need to be better on the other side for us to make that jump. So to answer your question now, while we were building up Scorchmarker, I was learning new skills because that's what I needed to do to become a good entrepreneur learning Facebook ads, learning, you know, how Shopify works, learning taxes, LLCs, entity setups, how to do bookkeeping, you know, how to hire, how to be a good manager, how to be a better communicator, how to read books, how to take in more information and pick out the good and get rid of the bad, and how to find coaches and mentors and how to be an interesting person. Interesting enough that other people are going to want to talk to me. How can I give value to other people? There's just so much, so much. So when we started the first year in 2018, we did like 18,000 in sales. And then the next year we did about 400,000 in sales. And then in the next year, 2019, we did about 800,000 in sales. So we kept jumping up. And so we saw the trajectory, and that was just from trying to relearn and reinvest the money. But we knew that in order to leave the fire department job, you gotta have the pension, the benefits, and the salary. So I sat down at the table and I wrote out the numbers and I tried to figure out how much we would need in cash flow to make that happen. And I worked backwards. And as soon as we hit that trigger point, it was 6,000 in cash. I needed a SEP IRA. I needed to be able to contribute to my Roth IRA fully every year. And I needed to be able to spend 1,600 bucks a month on health insurance for my whole family. We met that at the end of 2020 and that's when I was able to quit. And so that's what the business looked like, you know, getting up to that. It was just constant improvement and it was growth and eventually got to that tipping point. But only after three years, two, three years of hard work of reinvesting everything that we learned and earned. So you're talking about doubling revenue three times over three years. Were there specific tactics that you executed early on that helped you grow at that pace? I like that question. That's a good one. One of them is going to be Facebook ads because just understanding marketing from a holistic perspective helps. And Facebook is very similar to a lot of other ad platforms. You learn Facebook and you could probably figure out Pinterest. You could probably figure out Google, things like that. So that was a big one. Amazon was another big one. Learning the Amazon channel, learning how to list my products on there, learning how to take a sale, learning how to work with Amazon. The third thing would be Shopify. You know, just learning how to create a Shopify store and have the flexibility of having your own business and your own website. That was huge. And then the fourth thing, which you might not expect, but was the big one for me, was learning how to manage cash flow, to not be an idiot when it came to the money that's coming into the company, learning how to properly write things off and get organized, and also how to split up the money coming into the company and make sure it goes to the right spot. I don't take too much out or spend too much. That was a a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. And people can get really bogged down in the early days thinking that Facebook's really complicated and that they need to hire this agency to do Facebook ads. 
I found that if you have a clear message in a clear market that you're trying to serve, you can actually be fairly effective with very simple ad strategy. Did you find that to be the same? Did you do all that management yourself early on? Early on, yeah. And then honestly, like I would hire an agency to get it off my plate and they wouldn't do a very good job. And then I would take it back and I would get it back to where it was and I'd hire another agency and they would run it into the ground again. I have a very bad taste in my mouth from agencies, handfuls and handfuls of agencies just dropping the ball. And uh, I'm like, how come I can do this? But you can't. I just don't understand. And I still don't to a certain extent. But um, the short answer to your question is, is yes. Eventually, I do want to turn that over to somebody. But I've also come to find that, you know, Facebook isn't as effective as it used to be. After iOS 14, just so much is different. So much is different. And so I felt that I've been throwing good money after bad, you know, the more that I try and hammer this Facebook issue. And so we're actually looking at newer things, like what has become cheaper for us that typically hasn't been in the past? Where can we spend our money elsewhere to get customers? And so we're actually looking at things like buying distressed email lists or co-marketing with other craft companies buying time in front of them to have a lower customer acquisition cost and get some more face time. So I just wanted to touch on that as like a solution to the problem instead of trying to do the same thing over and over again. I really like that. We saw the same thing with Forrest and Herald and with LawnServe, the companies that we're working on. The iOS 14 upgrade just totally changed the market. I know I've seen some other businesses I've talked to see their profitability drop 10% from just that one change. One thing that you and I have talked about that I think is valuable, we're actually just launching it at Forrest and Herald as well. I believe you do some Pinterest work. Pinterest has become this image search engine ad platform. Maybe it's not as big of reach as Facebook or TikTok, but it's very unique because you have a very visual outcome that you can reach your customers for. So if your product's visual, Pinterest could make a lot of sense for you. Take, for instance, Forrest and Herald has a men's accessories line. Being able to show people in lifestyle imagery with those products is very engaging for the audience. So if you're selling the results to a nice piece of art or this family project with Scorch Marker, as an example, for somebody to be able to see the result and say, that's the result that I'd like to get making this art project for my family or for my business or whatever it may be, Pinterest is a really good solution. And that works for you, right? Oh, yeah, it works great. It's a it's a great way to get attention. I pay a contractor about 800, 900 bucks a month just to organically run our Pinterest, take our photos and our videos and and just have a presence there. We get millions of impressions a month and it, it helps a ton. Where do you get the images from? Are you doing them yourself? Or are you trying to drive user-generated content? Is there a particular one that's working? Or do you just try to get up as much as you can and one in 10 is roughly worth it to make it to make it all work? So it's a variation. So we'll do like text over images and, and adapt different images to, and then drive traffic to blog posts or image listings on the website. But we've been collecting a lot of content over the years. We're content heavy. We're good at content. That's one of our strengths as a brand. Both user-generated, from our customers, reviews, photo reviews, video reviews, and as well as our own stuff. We have a YouTube studio that we built down in the garage. And so creating content is something that like we, we put out, put a lot of priority on. So we chunk it out there and then everybody else splinters it and gets it to everything else. Okay. Just use it. Just do it. 
take the images, do whatever you want, do the best that you can with what you have is kind of our mantra. You talk about optimizing the cash flows. What are some of those optimizations that you've made? Man, one of the biggest things that helped me um, as a brand owner was implementing the profit first accounting method to understand like how to manage our money. I read the book by Mike Michalowicz, Profit First, and we changed our accounting, the way our money comes in. And it was, a oh dude, it was so helpful. Some of the other skills I think that are really important is like not only learning Facebook ads, right? But also learning Amazon, um, learning how to, you know, manage your cash flow using things like this, but also to get into a habit of consistently learning, consistently finding some way to be better than you were yesterday. Whether you read books or listen to podcasts, like those are great. But if you can find yourself a coach or someone that you could pay who has been there that will teach you what to do and look in, that's what really accelerated our growth was, was asking for help and spending the money on ourselves in terms of like education, huge. Any mistakes from 2018 to today that stick out in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I've got a bunch of them, man, so many. One of the biggest mistakes that I've learned recently is that hire slow, fire fast. I was doing the opposite. I was letting anyone jump onto the butt. Oh, you're interested in working with us? Cool, come in, we'll find you a seat, let's go. Bad idea, man. Your bus needs to be private and it needs to be intentional about who you put in what seat. And it isn't until you have those good people that you can then figure out where you're going to drive that bus. And so um, if you just fill it up with random travelers along the way, it's going to cause you more problems down the road than you would even think about. And I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Very challenging. It's easier if you just wait to hire the right person instead of hiring someone like, good enough for now. I'll deal with it later. Dealing with it later is way more uncomfortable. So that would like be the crux of a majority of my mistakes. But then we've also like screwed up in manufacturing so many times. Like I had 30,000 units I had to throw in the trash a couple months ago. It cost us like 50 grand. It was almost a million dollars in product that we could have sold. We had to stop selling and put us out of stock. And, and that was just simply because we made communication mistakes and we didn't have a good QI process in place. So now I have a process in place. Now, you know, a lot of testing is done ahead of time and things like that. And it slowed us down a little bit, but I'm not going to have to throw 30,000 units in the trash again. And that's not the first time that it happened. I, I've made that mistake with packaging before. Yeah, go ahead and package it up. And all of a sudden, oh no, the markers are leaking. I've thrown a lot of shit in the landfill, dude. Probably half as many uh, markers that I've sold, I've thrown in the trash. But I'm learning manufacturing, man. It's the price to pay. And so I won't be making those mistakes again. So that's why I say, if you can find somebody that's been through it before and, and can teach you a little bit, like if someone came to me and was making markers, you know, and I'd be like, hey, bro, avoid X, Y, and Z. Do yourself a favor. And you could cut out all that bullshit. Yeah, and it would be worth it. And to be honest, I've always found that if you reach out to somebody and try to connect with them, most entrepreneurs are totally willing to talk. True. Maybe they're not lonely, but they're, they're usually in a space by themselves where people don't fully understand them and they don't have a lot of people like them. No doubt. And they're totally ready, willing, and able to give back. And if they're not, they're probably going to give you a very fast no that they're not ready, willing, and able to talk to you anyways. Yes. So if anybody is listening to that, take that advice away. Reach out to people and talk to people. We met ourselves in an incubator together of a community of entrepreneurs. And that's changed my life, just in the sense that I have other people to bounce ideas off of, instead of just making mistakes myself and trying to come up with ideas myself. I consider myself an idea guy, but I don't think I've really come up with that many ideas I've implemented myself. I've probably you know, stolen them from other people, seeing my business from the outside and saying, hey, you should 
think about this and then, you know, implementing it or trying it and, and it being successful. You nailed it right there, Troy. You really did. You know, having mirrors, people to bounce ideas off of. That's why I say the education, get yourself into education, get yourself into these groups and find these people where you can talk us. Our business didn't really take off until that started happening. So now that you're in the business full time, you're growing year over year, you're looking forward. What are you looking at implementing over the next 18 months? What are the company's goals to get there? I'm imagining what you did to get from the start to where you are today is a lot different than what you're going to have to do over the next 18 months. Yep. I'll answer that in a couple parts. Zero to one million is all about what you can do as the operator. What can you do? What levers can you pull? And that'll get you to a million bucks, maybe even to two or three, but you're going to feel overwhelmed like you're drowning and and it's going to be stressful. That one to 10 million is a completely different set of skills. You have to do things differently. And that's where I'm at now. And I'm no longer in operations. Like my, my job now is to remove myself from operations by putting people in place to take it over for me. And then my job is to manage these people and make sure they understand the vision and then they work together. And of course, I have to supply it with money at the same time. So a majority of my job now is managing people, management, interviewing, talking, talking, talking. I talk. That's what I do. And other people execute because otherwise it's it's not scalable. So the point I'm trying to make is that you have these different stages of business that you get into. Once you get to one stage, you kind of graduate and you can get to another stage. And then you, you know, you graduate that after 10 million, it's another set of skills, Troy. So what gets you here won't take you there. So to directly answer your question about like where the next six months, next six months is going to be a big push for selling hard at the end of Q4. And then we're going to be releasing subscription bundles so we can have recurring revenue next year. The mission of Scorchmarker is to make crafting easier. And we do that by showing off our customers' work and giving them what they need to complete a project in one sitting, start to finish. We really ultimately want a customer to be able to sit down with our product, open it up, finish the complete project, hold it up, and have someone walk by and say, holy shit, Stacy! like you seriously just made that? Like, that is so good. Like, you should open up an Etsy store. That's the ultimate goal of what we want for our customer. And so that's what we're working towards with our projects, with our subscription boxes, with everything. So if you keep moving the time frame out further and zooming out, it's like, where do you guys want to go? It's really simple. We want to introduce more products to our audience so they have more opportunities to get that feeling with our company. That's it. It's more products, more products, more products. And so if you're like, well, how do you release more products? Well, you have to, and I can't do it all by myself. You got to start putting a team in place. That means you need to build an org chart out for the company and determine like how many chunks of the company are there. Oh shit. There's a whole logistics section that is unfilled. Like we need to get someone in there. Marketing. Oh, community management, you know, sales channels, operations, administration. Like there's so many different aspects. And so now my job as the, as the founder or the CEO, whatever role you decide to take is to look at the company holistically and plug people in by working with my coaches and my team and then get them all to work together. So. We're all working together for that one singleness of purpose right now. New products for our people so they can feel that feeling. Then you kind of you kind of talk about that. Everything goes back to your people, to Stacy, who needs to start that Etsy store, right? Working with them, figuring out what they want, what they need. That's the most important relationship that you can, you know, continue to nurture out there is talking to them. They'll tell you what product you need to create next. I'm imagining. That's how you came up with the subscription model, right? It's like we had that with, with Launcer. We had an all natural and a traditional subscription. 
and we were only selling it month to month, as an example. We went out to some trade shows, these home and garden trade shows, where we were signing people up so that we could work directly with our customers, right? We're signing them up. They're giving us feedback. That's how we got our first 200 customers were from trade shows. We didn't even assume that this was possible when we developed it. But they were all like, hey, like I really like everything you have from the all-natural plan, but you weren't offering any weed control. So we're like, oh, we'll create mostly natural, this box in the middle that is all-natural products, but includes weed control. So it solved their problem. And they were like, hey, you're really fairly priced. Instead of signing up just month to month, would you ever just let me pay for the season right now and like buy it as a gift for my dad? And we were like, an annual plan? You'll pay us for the whole year right now? And then we can use those cash flows to go continue to try to grow our business? I love that. Absolutely. We went home and immediately put together the annual plan for the next trade show we went to. And we ended up selling more than 50% of our subscriptions as annual plans versus month-to-month plans instantaneously allowed us to change our inventory methodology to be able to bring in the inventory we needed to fulfill the boxes more efficiently earlier instead of having to continuously buy throughout the season, which was killing us because we were getting smaller shipments because we couldn't afford the inventory. Yep. So we pre-sold it essentially, could buy the inventory, put it on one big truck, get it to us. So is talking to the customers, right? They'll literally solve all your problems if you're willing to, to listen to them. Yes, they will, my friend. I, I think that is a great lesson to learn. And the more people that can hear that, the better, because that's all it is. It's just solving problems for people. And the more money you make, it depends on the l- complexity of the problem that you're solving. Not even the complexity, like the emotional response you get from solving that problem. So I think that's fucking cool, dude. I think that's a wonderful teaching. So coming up here is Christmas time. Christmas has to be a big part of your year. It's a gift-giving time of year. What is your game plan? Do you put in 90 days of inventory, 120 days of inventory? How do you know how to manage the holiday season inventory? Yeah, we're actually hiring for a logistics and supply chain manager at the moment to make sure that one person is in charge of all of this. But what I like to do is I like to have the lead time of one of our products that much inventory, enough inventory to cover the lead time of a new order for each different product. And it varies per SKU because different manufacturers, different lead times, but it is probably one of the most challenging parts of e-commerce is to master supply chain and logistics. But once you do, you have unlimited growth potential. So what Evan's saying there is if it takes three months for you to get your inventory from wherever it's being manufactured, you need to have at least three months worth of inventory on hand. Makes a lot of sense. That's right. So tell us, where can people find you? If somebody was looking for Scorch Marker, give us a sales pitch, please. I really uh, appreciate you asking. So the company can be found at scorchmarker.com. We also have a presence on Amazon. If you like using Amazon, we sell in Michaels. We're in Hobby Lobby. So if you want to stop by a retail store, that's great. But honestly, like where you're going to get the most value is seeing how we manage our community. I really think that. Because if you're an entrepreneur and you need to build an audience, join our Facebook group for Scorchmarker Superfans. Just search it. You'll find it. And you'll get to see how we built a tight-knit community 
or it's more private than, than public, but it's that nature of the group that allows us to really get that back and forth exchange with our customers. The underlying tone between us in this conversation, Troy, was solve the problems of your people. Talk to them and figure out what their problems are so you can solve them. And a lot of times it's hard to talk to them and you just have an email list or when you just have an Amazon store. So this Facebook group is really the part of the brand I want to teach you guys about that we didn't get to talk about today. And so that would be the best place to see like what's coming out, how we're releasing products, how we talk to our people, how we celebrate them, how we do things. It would all be in the Scorch Marker Superfans Facebook group. Scorch Marker Superfans Facebook group. I have to say this too. The best part about creating something like a Facebook group community is that unlike email or unlike you know Zendesk or something where you have to answer every question for comments that come into you, when you create a community, the community starts to answer each other's questions. Yep. And that is when it has the viral effect is because you can start to have more content being created in your favor inside that group in that community than you could ever singularly create yourself. It feels like forever to create that. But if you do, it could be more valuable than an email list that is 100% effort in, result out. Um, it's all one way. So I love that. I look forward to having you back on, Evan. It sounds like we've got some pretty cool products that are coming down the pipe. I'm going to be getting a scorch marker myself and doing my own video project to report back to everybody. And I couldn't be more excited about that because I plan to get my kids involved in this as well. Because this is an awesomely kid-friendly, family-friendly Good. product that I love. So Evan, Scorchmarker, thank you so much, my friend, for coming. Uh, any parting words? No, I just want to say just start. Uh, if you're on the fence about anything, just, just start it. Take rapid, messy action and pick up the pieces later. It's worth it, and it's easier than you think. Perfect. Go find him. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Troy. Hi there. If you found this podcast helpful, I would appreciate it if you took a minute to leave a review. This increases the reach to more entrepreneurs and other people interested in the products, brands, entrepreneurial stories, and their successes, so we can create even more positive small business outcomes. Take a screenshot, tag me in your social stories to friends. This means the world to me to know this podcast has influenced your day and life in a positive way, and that we get to be a part of your own journey. With gratitude from me, until next time, go make it a great day.